back to our regularly scheduled podcasting. Oh, I should probably move those. Okay. What up? Hey guys, welcome back to Murder Happy Hour. I am Amber. And I am Morgan. Thanks for coming back for episode two. You guys are really troopers if you stuck it out through that first episode. We apologize. We're just learning. We're recording with a cat, two dogs. We're also recording with two bottles of wine. Shout out to our wine guide, Abby Burkhart. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Ab. <laughs> Thanks for the wine. Okay, so if you just skipped the first episode because you were like, I can't handle this, I'm going to go to the next one, or you just like our topic and you just happen to start here, we are just a couple girls who work at a bank who like to talk about murder in our free time. Murder and death and doom. All the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, we love true crime. We just radiate positivity, if you can't tell. We do. True crime, wine, stuff like that. So, welcome. And today, we are going to talk about a fellow named Herb Baumeister. Herb. I don't know if you've heard about Herb. He's a creepy McCreepersons. Yeah, you're going to want to settle in. Grab yourself a glass of wine. Let's talk about this creepy herb man mr mr baumeister mm-hmm. <sighs> that was fresh all right we're gonna take you back to the early 90s is where this all begins begins, begins. <laughs> it begins then guys <laughs> picture it sicily 1919 yes i love what is that called golden, golden girls. girls i love the golden girls this all episode right. is not about the golden girls it's not and it's also, if you're looking for a podcast that's serious and that is, like, only the facts... You're at the wrong place. But stick around. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, we're fun. Okay, so we're taking it back to the early 90s. So the place is Indiana, and the situation is gay men are going missing. From the bars. From the, the bars. The bar scene. The club. So, gay men are going missing in Indiana, and their parents are worried, their friends are worried, but the cops really don't seem that worried. They kind of seem like, you know, these guys probably just went somewhere else, they want to live their lifestyle in a bigger city, maybe, and they aren't really super looking into these cases, I guess. Until... 1994. Retired sheriff and current PI Virgil Vandegrift. So, um, there was two gay guys, and I believe their moms actually both went to Virgil because yes. their sons were missing, and they were both reportedly last seen at a popular gay bar in, in Indianapolis. Indiana. Yeah. Right? Is Indianapolis in Indiana? Well, sometimes these things happen. Weird things. Indian, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Kansas City is in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm Indiana- not that stupid. Indianapolis is in Indiana. It was in Indianapolis. And so the moms reported them missing to Mr. Vandergriff. And Vandergriff, the PI, was really taking this case seriously. He received a call from a news reporter who said that there was more than just these two guys missing and he suspected that it was a serial killer. So, I keep on calling him Ruff McGruff because <laughs> Ruff McGruff's on the case. Virgil Vandergruff. On the case. Ruff. 
Roger Vandergrift. <laughs> he is related to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Mr. Gruff McGruff's here. Can we just call... Okay, from here on out, we're going to call Virgil Vandergrift. We're going to call him Mr. Gruff. Mr. Gruff, Mr. Yeah. Gruff. He got a call from a gentleman who said that he thought this man named Brian Smart had murdered his friend. Um... The same gentleman who we will call Tony Harris, because that is uh, his name in the investigation. He doesn't want to be known by his real name. Um, He had called and said that he had been at some big farm with this man that he thought killed his friend. And this man um, took him to his pool room. Which, let's just set the scene a little bit. I feel like we got to get into the creepiest creepy pool. He said he was a landscaper from Ohio. Yeah, and he was staying with a family, I He think. was staying there while he was landscaping their house. So he took him to this pool room full of freaking dressed mannequins, like they were ready for a pool party. Mannequins, you guys. If that doesn't make you run the other way on a first date, I don't know what will. And I've had some not-so-great first dates. I've had some also interesting experiences, we'll call them. But none of them involved mannequins. In a pool room in the dark. Yeah. So, and also I think there was maybe a little bit of cocaine involved. Yeah. Reportedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yep. On the part of Mr. Baumeister, a.k.a. Brian Smart. Yes. So, anyway, things started heating up, as they do, when you go back to the mannequin-filled pool room. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what could be any more of a turn-on. I don't know, but... They they started doing some sexual things. Some things. Which included some choking, which I guess is a thing. That yeah, it's a thing. I, I don't participate in, but you do you. <laughs> and the gentleman who we're calling Tony Harris got a little nervous because when it was his turn to be choked, he thought he was going to get killed. He pretended to pass out. So that he wouldn't be killed. And then when he woke up, Mr. Brian Smart was very panicked and drove him right back to Indianapolis. So after this encounter, I think, what, a couple years went by? Yeah, I want to say it was like two or three years. This was after this occurrence that Mr. Harris called Mr. McGruff and spoke to him about this. And then his friend had went missing prior to this. And he was pretty sure that this man named Brian Smart had killed him. Yes. So then he did he see did he happen he, to yes. him again? He I think? ran into them at a mm-hmm. ran into him at a bar at a club, mm-hmm. and he bottle full of bub, which they are full of, full yeah. of, full of bub, full of bub, I'm full yes. of bub. Um. So he took down the license plate because he recognized his vehicle. He recognized the guy mm-hmm. after he confronted him, and he pretended like he didn't know who he was or what he was talking about. Sketchy. Super sketchy. So, lo and behold, Brian Smart is not Brian Smart. The car is registered to her Baumeister. So, Mr. Baumeister is a successful man from Westfield, Indiana. He owns a series of thrift stores called Save-A-Lot, and by a series we mean two. Yeah. He was very successful. I guess they were, I don't know, like a thing back in the 90s. I'm gonna pop some tags, only got $20 in my pocket. Sorry, I had to. 
So we got these thrift stores. He was making a lot of money, him and his wife, Juliana. Mm -hmm. Juliana, is that her name? Let's just call her Julie. We'll call her Julie. So Herb and Julie have thrift stores. They're very successful. They decide, hey, let's, you know, buy a fancy house in the countryside. Called Fox Hollow Farms. Which is this, like, big, giant Multi-million dollar mansion. A multi-million dollar mansion in the 90s. With an indoor pool. Full of mannequins. Sounds normal, doesn't it? I mean, it was the 90s. Exactly. So, (laughs) Mr. Baumeister um, met Julie in college. Uh... In, I would say, probably the early 70s, late 60s. They had three kids together, and later, Julie Julie confessed that they had only had sex six times in 25 years. Now, I don't know about you, but that is one heck of a dry spell. I would say so. It's pretty dry. That's, that's just not enough. That's like twice per kid. That's like a drier spell than the Sahara Desert. For sure. I mean... Red flags, maybe, but I don't know. Like like I said, you do you. That's like but. only a little over once every five years. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Let me put that in the numbers. When you do that with math. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very many times. That's not very many times. <laughs> don't know if I needed to spell that out for you guys. Yeah, so, yeah, like Morgan said, they met in college. They mm-hmm. What I found was super interesting is they were, like, super conservative and, like, big into the Republican Party, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how they got together and shared had shared interests, I guess. So they got married. They had three kids. Three kids. With their six times of having yep. sex. So when the police found that Mr. Baumeister was the owner of this car, they first went and confronted him and asked him to search his home. He said, no, you can talk to my lawyer. So they went to his wife and gave her the same spiel. She was scared. She didn't want anybody to search her house, blah, blah, blah. She was still in love, which how you can be in love with a man who has a mannequin-roomed pool, whatever. Right, like, I have lots of questions about this. Like, Mm -hmm. did he just set this up? Did she see it? Was she in denial? She has to be an ostrich, I would think. Hashtag denial, definitely. Mm -hmm. But they were behind, behind the scenes. Their marriage was not happy. Their businesses were failing. They were going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Herb had been acting increasingly belligerent and drunk at his stores, which last time I checked, being drunk at work is not an okay thing. Even if if you're the boss, it's not okay. Not really the best thing to do. So yeah, he's like definitely going off the deep end. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, Julie got this visit from the cops and then he starts having this meltdown, she's like, you know... The red flags are flying. I remember this one time, not that long ago, when my 13-year-old son found a skeleton in our backyard. Mm-hmm. A skeleton. I mean, like, what? Like, that's not normal. That's a skeleton isn't normal. normal in your backyard. He was, so, he was 13 at the time. His son, his son Eric was 13 at the time, and he was just hanging out in the backyard, doing what 13-year-olds do, and he found... A skeleton. And he's like... Yeah, a skull, I think. A skull, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, a random bone. It was definitely a human skull. So he's like, Ma, what is this? (laughs) Mom, I'm scared. Mom. I mean, I would do the same thing. I would totally call my mom if I found a skull. I would call my mom first. No matter what happens, I always call my mom first. Like, if somebody's kidnapping me, I'm going to be like, Mom, 
Linda, listen, honey. <laughs> listen. <laughs> and she's going to be like, call the cops. And I'm going to be like, can you do it for me? <laughs> no, she'll just drive alongside him and stare at him down the highway. Like, mm. Actually, to be fair, I would feel way safer calling my mom and having her back me up <laughs> than calling the cops, to be honest. I don't know. My mom's pretty awesome. So anyway, so little Eric goes to his mom and is like, hey, I have this human skull. What the heck? And his mom is also a little bit like, well, that's strange. So she goes to her husband, Herb, and he's like, ah, no big deal. My dad was a doctor. He had some, uh, did some research. And when he was done with his research, he just threw the skeleton in the backyard. I mean, I guess... No, actually not. I don't think that's normal at all. But anyway, Julie thought it was okay, so she just dismissed it and just, like, threw it away. She's just like, heh, human skeleton. All right, garbage. And this just pops into your head after you are being questioned about your husband being involved in a string of murders. Just pops into your head out of nowhere. Which, I mean, it would. So, anyway, so in all this turmoil... Um, and with all the business failings and Herb having all this crazy mental breakdown, she decides it's time for divorce and also time to call the cops and tell them the story and let them search the property. And search the property they did. They did, but they didn't even have to search. No. Hard. Mm. Nope. They were just trotting through the backyard right back by the patio, feet from where his children played every day. There was bones scattered around on the ground, like not even buried. Like just like they were rocks, just remnants of bones. Like you're just like gonna that's like normal. pop up a chair, crack a beer, and just like <laughs> look at that femur there. What? Julie. Julie, I don't know if you've ever been in an anatomy class, but that is not a cow bone. <laughs> it is not. So this is maybe a good spot to segue into Mr. Baumeister's childhood. Okay, let's take this a trip is not back. his this is not his first rodeo with being a creepy McCreeperson's. It really isn't. He started out being a creepy McCreeperson. No, he was normal until adolescence. Till so till the puberty well, hit. That's when it usually goes wrong. Yeah, the puberty. Yeah. You gotta handle it correctly and your voice cracks and all goes to hell. It does, it really does. And in um, Herb's case, along with the normal puberty that puber, pu- pubescent, pubescent boys have, mm-hmm. he also thought that, like, peeing on his teacher's desk was a thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that seems normal. He got mad and was like, I'm going to piss on her desk. <laughs> have you ever been so mad <laughs> that you just wanted to pee on something? I've never been that mad. I've never been that mad, and I've been pretty mad a few times. And along with that, he also was putting dead animals. Mm -hmm. He one time found a dead crow and brought it to school and put it on the teacher's desk. I have to say, like, teachers do not get paid enough, you guys. (laughs) Shout out to all my teacher friends, because you are rocking it. Amber, you're supposed to weigh Mac. Well, I have to weigh him. <laughs> he needs his meds. Don't we all need our meds? <laughs> Herb especially. Herb's parents should have got him some real good meds, and they maybe sh- they wouldn't. this wouldn't have happened. They should have, and he actually, they brought him to the doctor. And <laughs> I hope so. And he was He's pissing on people's desk. <laughs> and they, said, they diagnosed him with schizophrenia. And, per- and multiple personality disorder. But, like, nothing came about it. I don't know if, like, his dad was a doctor and was just that like... That wasn't me. That was Marsha. 
I don't know. His dad was like, it's fine. We'll just medicate you at home. I don't know. Well, at that time was when the electroconvulsive therapy was oh. a thing, which maybe that was the route for Mr. Bellmeister. Yeah, possibly. But basically, they never sought him any sort of psychiatric treatment. He just went home with this diagnosis and on with life, found himself a wife who he very occasionally had relations with. Okay, so after he was diagnosed with all this mental illness and not treated, he was in and out of college. That's where he met Julie. Yep, he held a couple jobs. Not well. People said he was weird. Like, you know how everybody has that weirdo at work, but, like, this was the extreme weirdo. He, yeah. kept, he kept a cake in his desk <laughs> and opened the drawer daily to watch it decompose. That's not normal. Like, if I have a cake in my desk, I'm going to eat it. We're going to eat all of it. I can barely control myself around a kid's birthday party. And I'm going to watch cake mold? No. So, how he peed on that teacher's desk back in the day? Mm-hmm. When he was working at the BMV, which is like the DMV in North Dakota. What's the BMV? Mm-hmm. Bureau Beer. of Motor Vehicle. Oh, yeah, I suppose they just have different names for it. Not the Department of Motor Vehicle? Sure. He was a really good worker. Like, got promoted to, like, supervisor of the minions. But his behavior was very erratic, and he had not many friends. Like, he um, sent a Christmas card to his coworkers of him and another man in Christmas drag. What? <laughs> yes. Okay, you guys, we like both... thinking it was funny. I just have to say, like, we both do our separate research on the cases, <laughs> and that is a fact that I have never heard before. I'm intrigued. Like, he was all serious at work and, like, all high and mighty, and then you send <laughs> a Christmas card to your coworkers of you and a man in drag when you're married and have three children. There's some closet feelings in this situation i think. I mean if you want to dress in drag that's the thing again we are not judging no i mean you i've do been you. to a drag show it's fun that's great but like that's just a random thing to send to your co-workers at yeah. work not what? that no. i'm just a very interesting tidbit it is and apparently he had a thing with peeing on people's desks because he also peed on his manager's desk yes. and then he was fired when he peed on a letter from the governor like okay let me just say like <laughs> if as if Peeing one, getting so mad you're peeing on one desk, but then you're doing it three times. That's too many times. <laughs> That's a lot of peeing in public places. I mean, I would fire you too, so. Yeah. I mean, that I think Todd, was, I think Todd would even fire us for that. I think he might. He I mean, might. He I mean, up it'd, be, lot, it'd but. be touch and go, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Todd. <laughs> so, fast forward. He's married. He's got some successful thrift stores. Yep, he's rich, and then he tanks. So I did find that in 1985, he was arrested for a DUI in um, a hit-and-run, and then six months later, he was arrested for stealing his friend's car. So apparently Herb had a thing for cars as well. And a thing for partying. So Julie would go with Herb's mom on these lake weekends. She'd go to town with her mother-in-law, and Herb would supposedly stay back to work, but he was apparently staying behind to party. He was living it up. To everybody that be living it up, say what? 
do I do? <laughs> oh, so in 1991 is when they moved to Fox Hollow Farms after their thrift store success. So apparently at work, Herb was not very nice to Julie. He was very domineering and bossy and thinking he was the big boss man in charge. I feel like just what I've read about this, like, definitely not trying to judge Julie at all because it sort of seems like maybe a domestic violence situation a bit. Like, definitely seems like he was controlling her. And, I mean, if you if your son finds a skeleton in your backyard and your husband is like, it's okay, and you're like, okay, I feel like there's definitely some some bad vibes going on there. And apparently they split several times over a several year span. Like, it was a very shaky relationship once they moved into Fox Hollow Farms and once they um, opened their second thrift store, which was kind of when things started to decline. Um, apparently Fox Hollow Farms, this, like, multi-million dollar house, the house was disgusting, the yard was full of weeds, the only clean area in the house. Can you guess where it was? Was it the pool? The pool room. Full of mannequins like a party was taking place. Herb even kept the wet bar stocked for all his plastic friends. He did. He even told this Tony Harris guy, he said that he kept his mannequins there. He dressed them up and he pretended that they were his friends. Yeah. My three-year-old has imaginary friends. That's normal when you're three. When you're married and in your 40s or whatever... Having mannequin friends is weird. And you're bringing people back to your house to choke them? Yeah, this house was like 11,000 square feet, though. Gigantic. And if you look up pictures of this house, then you see the pool room. It's just like, you can just picture it full of (laughs) mannequins. So apparently on My Favorite Murder, which is another one of our favorite podcasts. Yeah, if you haven't listened to My Favorite Murder, definitely check them out. They were talking about how Herb supposedly had this secret room behind one of the bathroom mirrors that he called, like, his red room that he would murder people and stored his extra mannequin friends and just all kinds of creepy McCreepers and stuff. And we're drinking more. So it was 1994 that little Eric found the bones in his backyard, and that kind of circles us back around to the investigation. To the to the search. Yep. So, when they come to search the property, it's just Julie at home. Um, Herb and his son, I believe. He had returned him by this point. So, he had filed for, she had filed for divorce. He had returned him, and then they did the search. Yeah, and they had, like, firemen, police, everybody was, like, this whole big thing. And they kept finding bones and bones and bones and bones. And there was 11 men at least 11. There was like, what, 30-some acres, I want to say, or maybe even more than that? I don't know. It was huge. If you have a chance... A large property. Just, like, Google Fox Hollow Farms. It's for sale right now if anybody's interested in buying. If anybody wants a haunted murder home, (laughs) I bet the price is right. It's still, like, in the millions. But they're they're taking out the extra land to develop as extra, like, lots for homes. Which, like, oh, yeah, let me just build right on top of this skeleton from Mr. Baumeister. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... I think I'd pass. I would pass. I'm just going to stay in my non-haunted home. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so 11 men at least. And they were able to identify... Four of them? Four? Four yeah, of them. four of them. Um, so... Roger was one of them who 
He was the friend of Tony Harris, who had had the weird mannequin encounter. So they confirmed that his friend Roger was one of the men. And then three other men in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, early 30s, late 20s. So basically they put this warrant out for Mr. Baumeister's arrest. And he somehow got word of it when he was on vacation up in Canada. So he essentially took off on this, like, multi-day rampage escape plan. Yeah, it was like a week-long manhunt. They found his body in a um, forest, basically. Yeah, like a park, I think. Yeah, like a state park, province park, maybe. I don't know what it's called in Canada. Province park. There are provinces in Canada, but... We're gonna park. Call it, we're gonna a, call wooded, it a, a wooded area. We're going to call it a province park because I like the way that sounds. In Canada. Canada. Eh? Our neighbors to the north. Eh? Hey, Canada. Um, so he had committed suicide. He had killed himself just nine days after they found all the bodies. So he shot himself in the head and he left a three-page rambling suicide note. So basically he left this long rambling suicide note talking about his reasons for committing suicide, none of which happened to be murdering at least 11 men. He kind of rambled on and on about how his business losing money and... Yeah, and like his failed marriage and just random stuff like that. Yeah, these were the reasons he committed suicide, Not, not murdering 11 people. After the fact, he is, um, they have linked some more cases to him. It's just suspected because obviously he's dead and there's no way to prove it. But there was also a man called the, or a killer called the I-70 Strangler in Ohio. And it's a very similar MO and they're finding, um, nine other deaths that they're attributing to probably his murder spree. Yeah, and so his wife, Julie had confirmed that when Herb was out of town on quote-unquote business, this is when the murders along the I-70 took place. So it just kind of all adds up. And there was a photo that was matched to the I-70 Strangler police sketch. That looked exactly like Herb. It did, and Herb is a very unique-looking character. We'll put a we'll put a pick up on our Instagram page. I'll do it right now. We're gonna post a picture of Herb. Herb Ball Monster. Maybe I'll include a couple of Fox Hollow Farms just for giggles. Yeah, we'll put up some pics for you guys. So check us out at Murder Happy Hour Pod on Instagram. And if you guys have any special cases you guys want us to feature. Shoot us an email or a message on our Instagram. There's also a link to our email there. So we are open to new murders. We're open for checking it out. Yeah, we just like, I don't know. We both like to watch murder documentaries and just like Google murders and listen to all of the podcasts on all of the murders. But if you have one that we haven't heard of, we want in. We want to listen to that or we want to research that. Hit us up. At Murder Happy Hour pod on instagram and murder happy hour pod at gmail.com whoop 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 is right we'll see you next time ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for episode number three coming in hot bye